On today's episode, author Valerie Werner and I discuss prayer. I loved this conversation, you guys. I want to ask you, do you get distracted when you're praying? Are you too busy to pray? Is our whole generation too busy and distracted to pray? Yes, I think so. I think that it is a very, very common struggle. I think that it's also common for us to feel like deep down, prayer is more of a last resort than a first priority. So Valerie and I dig into why prayer can be so difficult for our generation and for generations following us. We talk about seasons of chaos and busyness and the pull and the distraction from the enemy in these seasons. We also discuss conversational prayer and why perfectionism shouldn't be a part of it, the messiness of the world, as well as very practical tips to help you get to know Jesus on a much deeper level as a prayerful Christian. Friends, we do not want a prayerless faith. It is an empty faith to not communicate with God. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. It is powerful, it's impactful, and it really challenged me, a very busy woman, to be more intentional with my prayer life. So if you enjoyed this conversation, please do take a second to share it and tag at Living Easy with Lindsay. I would love to hear from you and just hear what your perspective was and what you gained from it. Also, if you haven't had a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, it would mean so much if you could take a quick second to do so. And I would love to ask them because I, last time I did this, it was so impactful and amazing. If you would share the podcast, one of your favorite episodes, it doesn't have to be this one, with one friend or family member. If you all did that, it would double the listenership of the podcast. It would bless this ministry and just the ability for us to continue sharing the gospel and hope with people all over the world. It would be an honor and I would appreciate it so much. So without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. I am here today with my guest, Valerie Warner, the author of Pray Confidently and Consistently. We are chatting, Valerie and I, before we pressed record, we started talking about the move and I was sharing with her that we'll be moving to Nashville within three weeks at the time of this being recorded. So it's been kind of an emotional day. And then her sister just had a baby. So do you have a new niece or nephew, Valerie? His nephew, his name's Owen Henry. 
Oh, that's really cute. It's an exciting season. So we are just going to be talking about prayer today, which is something I actually have not had a lot of focus on in my topic. So I'm really excited to have you here today. And I'd love to start just by allowing our listeners to get to know you. So can you tell us a little bit about your family, your favorite hobbies, and what led you to become an author? So I am married, my husband, Tyler, we've been married about 10 years, and we have two little girls, Vivi and Vanna, who are five and seven, and we live in South Louisiana. And I honestly, my hobbies are reading books and playing guitar. I don't play it as much as I'd like to, but I used to play and write a lot of songs. And, you know, it's funny, the question of just what led me to become an author. Like in high school, I knew I wanted to write and be a writer. I thought it was poems and songs and different things like that. And then I thought it was newspapers. And it's amazing how that has morphed. And I actually never thought I wanted to write a book because I thought that would be too daunting. And, you know, when the Lord puts topics on your heart, you can do it. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't feel it's still difficult, but that's pretty much how I came to be an author. It does morph though, as you grow up, Mm because I always wanted to be a food network chef. Like I just wanted my own show to show people how to cook. And obviously that transitioned into, for me, like blogging and I started with food. And then of course the communication and the talking and the writing was blogging and podcasting. So it's fun how like your passions as a young girl still kind of continue to grow up and just change even with the way that the world works, because obviously podcasting wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you take those little dreams that just kind of, you know, morph into something that actually works. Yeah. So as we dive into the topic of prayer, and when I was praying about this actual conversation, so many of my listeners are working men and women. It used to be just women, but we're definitely getting more men, husbands and wives, parents or students, like college students, high school students, and they are busy. And I feel like when we are in seasons of just constant chaos, prayer becomes like a last resort. We want to do, 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 do as much as we possibly can. And then we pray. But God, He knows our seasons. He cares about our chaos and our weariness and exhaustion that we all live in so heavily oftentimes. Why do you believe then? It's so difficult for us to drown out the world and just pray, knowing that that is really the only thing that can bring us true peace. Yeah. Well, first of all, like I totally resonate with this. The podcast that we're planning right now that's going to come up out with the book is called Prayer in a Noisy World, because we want people to believe that it's possible to pray even in the chaos, you know, because it's here and we can say that like we're too busy to pray or feel those things And um, really, I think it comes back to that the world is made to look so enticing in a lot of ways. You know, we think about technology and how our, you know, Facebook and algorithms and everything, they're literally programmed to get us addicted and to have to just get our attention. Like they want to keep us on there. There's no algorithm. There's no app trying to keep us into prayer. You know, like I use an analogy in the book about like strawberries and ice cream and how like that you know, artificial sugar flavor is so addicting, but like strawberries are so sweet and delicious. We just don't see it when all we eat is ice cream, you know, strawberries are not going to sound as appealing, but it's really good. So all that to say, like, that's the artificial way, the things that are like grabbing our attention. We also have a 
enemy who does not want us to pray. So he's doing everything to keep us from that. And I know there's a quote, I don't remember who said it, but if the devil can't get us to sin, he's going to just keep us busy. And if he can keep us busy and not praying, like he's, he's holding back, holding us back from tapping into God's just everything, his power. And then the last thing is God is usually found in a whisper. And I think that's by design. I think he doesn't want to have to shout over everything. He wants us to come sit with him and it's not like he's trying to make us work for it. He just knows that if he shouts to us while we're, you know, like just listening to all this other noise, it's not going to have the same impact as when we like just get quiet before him and really open our hearts to what he has to say. So those are just kind of three different things that I think of when I think of like, why do we fall into this noise and like, you know, how it affects our prayers. Yeah. And I love the food analogy because even in healthy eating, I feel like when you start to actually eat healthily and you kind of are intentional with filling your body with things that nourish you, you begin to crave those things. And the artificial sweetener doesn't taste as sweet. And it's similar with prayer. Once we get into those patterns of prayer, once we are consistent and diligent and intentional with it, I do believe our our souls will become so accustomed to that, that we long for that and that we don't want the satisfaction of the world. But when all we're having is that ice cream and just satisfying with ourselves with social media and distraction and success and relationships, we lose sight of what actually feels nourishing to our souls. So that's a really great analogy, Valerie. I feel like it is we long for it when we know what it brings, but we really can't long for it when we haven't fully experienced it. But just like working out or just like eating healthy, it takes that intentionality in our lives. And I often tell my boys that prayer is from the heart. You know, we talk a lot about prayer and Sutton is my oldest, he's five. And he talks a lot about like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do it right. And he's fearful of doing it in front of people. And he struggles with insecurity as a whole. And so my conversation with him is always like, this is a conversation between you and God that nobody else needs to hear. Even if you don't want to pray out loud, this is just communication. It doesn't need to be scripted. It doesn't need to be formulated in a certain way. It just flows from your heart. But I know even as I preach that to him, that I struggle with formulating my prayers. And I think that we live in this world consumed by perfectionism and our culture just kind of says, do things only if you know how to do them well and do them right. And so it can hinder us from praying fervently and from our hearts. And instead it just becomes this mundane before dinner, before bed type of prayer. So how can we, in your opinion, how can we learn to pray confidently and consistently even if we feel like our prayers aren't good enough? No, that's a great question. This is one of the popular questions that we get just with our audience, because it is something that we all struggle with of just feeling like, you know, we've, we've read the Bible or we've read passages in the Bible about prayer that say like, do not do this, don't do that. And I think we just get very paralyzed by that. And I think it's really important to understand God is far less demanding than we assume he is. And we do that by understanding his character and knowing his love for us, knowing that he wants to spend time with us, knowing that he has our best interest at heart. And he's just calling us to something that 
if we really think like, whoa, the God of the universe wants to speak with me, like that's huge. And I think, again, understanding or reading as much of scripture and like seeing him in it, like who is God is really helpful to do that. But I think there's three important like things to keep in mind when we pray that I feel like if we're doing these things, the rest is going to kind of all fall into place. You know, like we're not going to have to agonize about these little things like, what if I don't use the ax method or is it okay to ask? You know, like there's just a lot of things that we can kind of each have customized personal worries about prayer. And these three things to me can solve a lot of things. But the first one is to just come humbly. If we're coming humbly to the Lord, it's going to take care of a lot, a lot of the other things. Like in the gospels, when they talk about, you know, don't pray for show, don't babble on these things. Like if we're coming just with humility before the Lord, it's going to transform that. We confess often. This is a hard one for a lot of us. We forget about confession, but it's so important. You know, if we don't want to stress out about prayer, but this is one that I would say, make a point to do this as often as you can, as often as you think about it, and then to simply have faith. And that's just biblical. It just says, you know, you have to have faith as you pray. And those are very broad in general, but I think that's a good thing because I think it means that God is not demanding this specific system or formula from us. That's so good. And you brought up confession. And I think that that, just like you said, is one of the most neglected parts of prayer. And I think a lot of the time we can get caught up, especially in our you know, American culture, where we see God as a genie or as a Santa Claus. And we do go, not that it is wrong to ask, the Bible says to ask for what you desire, but that that is our sole purpose in going to Him is where we're asking for things or asking for Him to fix something or asking for Him to change something or asking for Him to get us through this season when so often the question when we're praying shouldn't be, Lord, when are you going to get me through this? When are you going to take this away? But instead, what are you trying to teach me in this season? And I think a lot of the time with the confession and the repentance in prayer, not only does it allow us to evaluate our own hearts, to see, you know, kind of just to examine the gunk and the mess that we have within us and the sin, and to allow ourselves to acknowledge that as I am imperfect. Yes, maybe I have this tumultuous relationship with a family member, but what are the areas in my heart that I have not honored you, Lord? What are the areas in my heart that I've allowed myself to sit in bitterness or unforgiveness or sin? And those things, we're just able to weed them out as we pray and as we repent. And so I think for me, like that has been a season of growth where I realized I didn't do that as often as I should. And I would focus more on the other person or on what I needed or what I wanted rather than repentance and honoring God and glorifying Him and His name and just praising Him for who He is in my prayer life. And then coming to a place of humbly asking like, okay, Lord, here are the things I want, but I want those things to also match your will. And then a second thought I had when you brought up the reading of scripture, it's so crucial. Valerie, I asked my audience, how many of you are Christians? And, and this is not to shame anyone because I know it's a struggle, which is why we're talking about it and why you wrote a book about it. But I asked, how many of you are Christians? And 90% of them said they were Christians. And I said, and how many of you read your Bible? I didn't say how often. I just said, how many of you read a Bible? And I think it was like 
15 to 20%, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, that is our time. We can use Instagram as our Bible. A lot of the time we see memes and cute quotes and we use that as our scripture, but that is not our time in the Bible. And when we do read in scripture, we see that the prayers that Jesus prayed are an example to us. They give us that insight really into his nature, into his heart, into his mission on the earth. And they inform us and encourage us in our own prayer lives. And so even more important than when we see where he was praying or what he was praying or when he prayed and what position, it's just the fact that he prayed and the fact that he entrusted himself to God. And Luke 5, 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. So what would you say is maybe the connection between our prayer life and our healthy relationship with the Lord? I read a quote. He basically talked about like prayer without Bible study and then Bible study without prayer. These things are just hollow. But when you put the two together, it is a fruitful prayer life because you can. The only way to pray confidently is if you know what God has said, what aligns with his will, because we know that he answers those requests um, that align with him. It feels impossible to have a healthy relationship with the Lord without prayer, because that is our relationship. That is our conversation. That's our opportunity to listen. It's our opportunity to speak to him. And, you know, even if we do that, like, like with other people, or like you mentioned, like on Instagram, like looking at verses and different things like that, like he wants an intimate relationship with us. And that is, I can't say it enough. Like it is a privilege that we get this. This is not a burden. This is not something that we should feel like, oh, I've got to do this because this is what God, you know, this is an amazing opportunity for us. And I don't want to say take advantage of, but, you know, just to like enjoy and know that like, if we don't enjoy praying or if we don't, and not all prayer, like I know sometimes that we can like get lost in our words and it can feel boring. But like when we really have those moments of just feeling like the Lord is so near, he is so present and the joy that we feel in that, if that's not exciting to us, then I mean, that's heaven. Like heaven is going to be just a life in his presence. I don't know why I ended on that point. No, I think that's a great point. And that is like, that's what we are looking for. And I think often as we consider heaven, we start to think, oh, it's just like sin free. And, you know, I mean, easy, like it feels easy. The, The fullness of it is going to be worshiping God just day and night. Is that something that you long for, or is that something that needs work, not in, you know, a works-based way, but based on faith, is that something that you need to live out more actively in your Christian faith? Well, and I think it goes back to what you said about like the, we were talking about the strawberries and everything. Like once you do it, like you can't like today, if you start praying for the first time, it might feel very boring and it might feel very like, okay, I didn't get anything out of that. Or I just prayed to the ceiling. It takes time. And whenever those things happen, it really, it can really transform our prayer life. A lie that you may believe far too often, especially as a woman, is that you have to choose between your family and your dreams. But the Proverbs 31 woman defies that stereotype. She was both a mother and a businesswoman. She worked hard for her family and used the giftings that God had given her to provide for her home. She had both ambition and faith, and she was honored. Friends, if you have a gift, use it to make God's name known. 
share your story, share your passions, share your life. I have spent the past five years relentlessly studying and implementing all things marketing, blogging, entrepreneurship, small business, and podcasting, while also being a stay-at-home mama of two boys. Now, with over 6 million blog readers, over 600,000 total podcast downloads, and tens of thousands of social media followers, I'm able to make an income for my family. I feel so passionate about this business and helping others to pursue those dreams, and I want to share everything I've learned with you, whether you're a mom of five or a college student. Do you want to be a travel blogger? Would you love to share your voice and launch a podcast? I can help you. I'm so excited to be offering one-on-one personalized business coaching for anyone with a dream to share their story, create a ministry, or build a platform. During our two and a half hour coaching session, I'll customize everything specifically for you by looking over your website and social media to give honest and helpful feedback that will help you grow. I'll teach you how to use Pinterest to make money even if you don't have any followers, because if you're not using it yet, you're really missing out. And we'll talk all things Instagram, Facebook, branding, monetization, all in simple to understand terms. I will provide you with two free customizable media kits, a list of my 20 influencer websites that you can join right away to start collaborating with small and large brands, exclusive group board invites on Pinterest, and Facebook group invites to help get more eyes on your business right away. I always say she didn't do it better. She just did it. What is that one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you've never done? You will never succeed if you don't ever try, but you have a great chance at succeeding if you at least try. You don't ever want to live in regret. So if you are interested in this personalized coaching, just email livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in this coaching and hearing about how I can help you specifically, I'll talk to you soon. You mentioned getting kind of in our thoughts or getting lost in our thoughts when we're praying. And I am queen of that. My brain, I always tell Jesse, my husband, Jesse, I'm like, I have a hundred computer windows open at a time and I can never shut them down. So when I'm praying, it's like those windows keep popping up and I have a really, really hard time focusing. So you have mentioned journaling prayer, which is something that has really helped me. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and how to do it? About seven or eight years ago, it was whenever I was pregnant with my first daughter, I started thinking about this format for a journal because I tried to keep track of things and I just felt like I could never stay focused. And I was a hypochondriac. I was anxious about pregnancy and just every new feeling you feel for nine months. Like I felt like I was so broken that I was just like, if I am not praying about this constantly, like I'm going to be a basket case this whole time. I like, had this idea for a format and I kind of just figured it had to exist, but it basically breaks up into different sections, you know, like praying for the world, praying for our community, praying for our family, our friends, ourself. That has transformed my focus and prayer. We've created things since then, you know, like a course or a book, like things that can help the internal struggles and the doubts that we have, but for external, like just the, the focus, the, feeling of like your eyes just keep moving around the room or you keep thinking about the to-do list, having written down once a month, intentionally think about what you want to pray for and then having that list ready for you 
is just transforming. That No, that's so helpful. I feel like for me, it does really help me to just kind of hone in on what I'm doing because there are so many distractions. Just like you said, all the enemy has to do is to keep us distracted from that. I've been open on the podcast. Like this is not my strength at all. I can sit and I can read and I can write what I'm learning and what I'm reading and do devotionals. But when it comes to prayer, I am like, oh my gosh, a child. <laughs> like I can't sit still and focus. And journaling prayers has been one of the most helpful and impactful things. Also on that note, I just thought of this. A long time ago, I came home from, I was like newly saved, totally on fire. And we had been doing ministry with my college group. And I think we were handing out like burritos downtown to the homeless or something. And I came home and I was like eager to tell them about it and so excited because we had had so many cool conversations with people and they had friends over or family over. And I went in and I'm like, oh my gosh, just thinking that all these people were saved. So I go in, I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord, you should have seen what the Lord did. We were sharing the gospel and they responded and da, da, da. And we were all excited. And I saw my stepdad just kind of smiling and his family left and he was like, Linz, I need to show you something. And he pulled out this journal, which I actually didn't even know he had at the time. He was always so faithful, is still to this day, so faithful. But he pulled out this journal and he had written that that family specifically coming over, I think it was his cousin. And he said, please allow her to see the Lord today through someone other than me. Oh, yes. It makes me emotional. Oh, wow. I'm talking about it. I just got chills. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and like he showed it to me. And I told him, I was like, oh, I thought they were Christians or I probably wouldn't have come in saying that because I would have been fearful of like judgment, you know, just do not be ashamed of the gospel, Lindsay. But I was, and so not ashamed, but shy. Anyway, he said, I keep this journal and he dates it. And he says, because I love to go back and he puts side by side when the Lord answers that prayer. He says, sometimes it's years from now. Sometimes it's a week or sometimes it's the same day like today. And I write it in because it helps me in moments of doubt or confusion or pulling away the faithfulness of the Lord in my prayer life. And so that has like, it really resonated with me. And it was just such a cool, like Holy Spirit led experience, you know, that helped me. And so I think for people to encourage you, like I'm not coming at this from a holier than thou perspective. And I know Valerie is not that we come to you to say, this is not an easy thing because our flesh fights against it. Just as our flesh fights against the holiness of the world and it fights against staying healthy and keeping our minds healthy and all of those things. It's just another battle, you know, that we have to go into war, but knowing that Jesus has already won. And in the moments when we feel like, oh, this is useless and we put it on the back burner, I want to give all of my science folks a little study. So on the Wall Street Journal, it says that the research that has been done on prayer proves that it has similar benefits to meditation and medication. It calms your nervous system, shuts down your fight or flight response, and makes you less reactive to negative emotions and less angry. You can also find that it calms you just as, this I read previously, so this is not part of the same study, but it calms you just as exercise and creates endorphins just as exercise does. So I think that the way that we view it and the, the perspective that we have is also important. We must shift 
our mind. And so the last question that I will ask you, Valerie, what are some of the weights that hold us back from prayer? And what are some practical things that we can do, maybe aside from journaling, to fight to overcome those weights? In the book, we talk about 15 of them. And um, a few that just jump out to me now is one that we maybe don't recognize a lot, but the good seasons in our life, the times when we're not like crying out to God because we're in these hard situations can be weights because we get overly confident and we forget we need God. We won't pray consistently if we aren't completely aware of our need for God. So just remembering him in the mountain, on the mountaintop, those experiences, slowing down, like just being present in those moments and knowing who got you there. You know, you're talking about answered prayers and that is one thing. It used to bum me out when people would be like, oh, my favorite part of the journal is the answered prayers. Cause I'm like, oh, well we, you know, like we have this cool format. We like really mm-hmm. thought through it. And then of course we have answered prayers. Like that's has to be a part of it. But we realized like not everybody had been thinking about those and it really is so powerful and it will transform your future situations. When you go through hard things, you just remember, you remember that feeling you had, you remember writing those words. Like I remember writing words in my prayer journal about, you know, like my future husband or just feeling like, why God, like, why do all my roommates have boyfriends, you know, like pretty consistently. And I'm over here just waiting for one date. I remember looking back on those in seasons and then seeing all that God was doing behind the scenes. And now when I go through hard seasons, I remember that person, that girl that I was, and I know married 10 years now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 In 10 years from now, I'll realize how much he was working behind the scenes. So another one is our comforts. Like we talk about fasting and how this is not something that's archaic and just for, you know, like people in the Bible. But if you read the Bible, all the instances of fasting, so many of the biblical heroes that we would love to like, you know, model after they all fasted. And it wasn't, it wasn't this like optional thing. This was something that was really important to them. So I think like for, if anybody is feeling like I would like love breakthrough in this area that won't budge, like just pair your prayer with fasting and be intentional about it. Like there's a lot, I mean, I don't want to open a whole can of worms because I know there's like a lot to that and we don't hear a lot about fasting today. Oh, I'm open. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we have a whole chapter on it, but we talk, I mean, like it, you learn from doing it and we know that there's so much room for excuses. And one thing that we talked about was the idea that if you're coming up with excuses of like, well, I'm on medication or I'm pregnant or all these things, we just want to look at our heart with that. It doesn't mean you have to fast from things. Like if you really can't fast from food because of something But we do see fasting in the Bible with food. That's what we do. We see the most. So that's what I prefer to do. And it might be fasting from a meal during the day. It might be fasting from like chocolate for a month or, you know, like whatever it is, but something that will take sacrifice and something that just requires this hunger for us, because that's part of it. Like if you want a fast way to get to humility, like we were talking about earlier, fast, because it is humble to offer up your food. And it's also humble when you're really hungry. You got no other place to turn with the Lord. And I am somebody who does not like to skip a meal. So like missing a meal or two is very humbling for me. I feel so strongly about this, Valerie, because 
One, I like you said, I think people see it as archaic. Like it's not something that we do anymore, but it is truly something that draws us to see God for who he is, I think. Because we, like I always tell my son, I'm like, we're so small. We are so minuscule in the grand scheme of everything I did. I have a modern Proverbs 31 woman course where we dissect who she is in modern terms and kind of how to live like her, but more importantly, how to see God for who she saw God as. And in that, I talk a little bit about the universe and the grand scale of the universe. And sometimes we need that humility that you're talking about. We need to see God himself. He made us eaters and drinkers to teach us about himself. He made us in a way really reliant upon all of these things. And when we're skipping them, and just like you said, if you're pregnant, if can you skip breakfast? I mean, I know sometimes you cannot and you feel like you're going to die, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but can you one day when you're feeling well, skip just breakfast. I think we're very black and white in the way that we view fasting. We really put it into this little box, but God doesn't put us in a box and we're not to put him in a box. And so if you can't do all day, can you fast just from breakfast? Or if you can't fast from breakfast, can you fast from sugar or something that you find yourself reliant upon? Because the purpose of that fasting and in conjunction with prayer is for us to see God for who he is, for us to realize you are my living water. You are the bread, the truth, and the life. You are, for me, everything that I need. You're my sustenance, and I am weak without you. And so it brings us to the place of humility and brings us to our knees to say, Lord, I think that I've got this all going. You know, like I'm doing a great job. I'm taking care of my life. And it's like one meal, and we're like, ah, <laughs> Lord, help me, you know? And so, I think God himself in those moments is the one who satisfies more than the food. He quenches our thirst more than water, more than the richest milk. He is the one who says, I will give you the spring of the water of life. And so when we are aching, when we are hurting, when we are struggling with prayer or, or pulling something like, or just struggling with sin, I would say even, we can turn those aches and and rely upon Jesus, but also humble ourselves in a way to say, okay, I'm going to omit this meal so that I feel the gravity of what I need in him. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation. I probably could talk about it for a long time because it's something that resonates with me. And I'm so excited about your book, Pray Confidently and Consistently. And I think especially now, Valerie, this is so pertinent and it's so important because our world is a mess. And Jesse and I often talk about how we can only control Number one, what happens around our dinner table, what we teach our children, how we teach them to pray, how we teach them to love and to serve our world. And then number two, what we lift up to Jesus. We can only control those two things. And so praying in that way to know that God is in control of all things, of our details, of our lives, how relevant it is to pray and to know that He is in control of the world and our society and our politics and all of the messy things. So if you wouldn't mind, could you tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your book and anything else that you have going on that you'd like them to know? You can find everything at valmariepaper.com. I hopped off Instagram earlier this year, so I'm good for in you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been really good. And, um, you know, I've been able to write a lot more and kind of like just kind of you know, I would have never said that I was like super consumed with like comparison. Like I have a lot of struggles, but that was not a, a like 
a big one for me. But being off, you kind of just feel a lot of things alleviated. So yeah, and I've been honestly enjoying life in community a lot more at our church and like just thinking about prayer as, you know, in everyday life with my people. So it's been good. But ValmariePaper.com has our books. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everything like that. And our journals are in our shop too. Well, thank you so much, Valerie. I enjoyed our chat. It was so nice talking to you. And I hope you enjoy the next few days or weeks, months of being a new auntie. Yes. And that he just is healthy and well. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, um, tag me at Living Easy with Lindsay. Let us know what you gained from it. Share some quotes or insight that you received. And make sure to check out Valerie's book, Pray Confidently and Consistently. If you haven't had a chance to rate us on iTunes, it helps me to get guests on the show as amazing as Valerie, where we can have these really heartfelt biblical conversations to encourage you and to lead you on your week. So we will talk to you all next Monday. Thank you so much for being here. We love you guys and we'll see you soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.